After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. everyone, this is Raghu Marcus, and this is Ramdas here and now, in a very, very special edition. Uh, it's not often that I get a chance to hang out with Ramdas and, and do a, a podcast, just uh, chatting back and forth, so uh, it, as you can imagine, it's a wonderful, real delight. We... Uh, We've been doing this a long time, he and I, and I get a chance to talk about stuff that uh, not only is just occurring to me that might be interesting to, to, to all of us out there, but also to me in particular. So uh, before I get into uh, a little bit of uh, a description of what it is that we talked about, I just want to mention again, I know I've been mentioning this on uh, the first couple of podcasts we've been doing, what I've been doing on mind rolling and what uh, I think I've had one podcast that I've introduced with Ramdas, a talk. And it's, of course, around the Be Here Now Network, which we now have up and running. And many of you in the past have uh, accessed uh, our podcast through the MindPod network. And uh, we went through a, a transition as uh, I and the board of Love Server Member, which takes care of all of Ram Dass's media and books and website and uh, represents his and Neem Karoli Baba's teaching, I, I, we all thought it would be great if it would be under Love, Serve, Remember, the podcast network. So uh, we, we began that, and now you still can get podcasts from MindPod Network. You can go over to mindpodnetwork.com and uh, listen to next generation of podcasters, really. But on Be Here Now Network, of course, we still have... Ram Das and Krishna Das and Jack Cornfield and Joseph Goldstein and Sharon Salzberg, all of our dear old friends from the Vipassana days, and who else? Lama Surya Das, and uh, of course, what I do with mind rolling, and Danny Goldberg does this amazing rock and rolls podcast and he just did one with Steve Earle. It was just fabulous. You gotta check that out. And Chris Grasso, a young upcoming Buddhist who has uh, really edified uh, a really uh, non ecumenical is that the right word? Let's just put it this way. He's open to everything, Chris. He's also a really great guy. And so, uh, and we're going to bring in um, some new new peeps. Uh, Ram Deb, Dale Borglum, who's an expert in uh, uh, death and uh, transition work. And that's not just what he's going to be talking about, but uh, we're, we're going to be happy to introduce him to you. And we're going to have special 
guest podcasts from Roshi Joan Halifax, from David Nickturn, from Lama Tsultram, and other of uh, our family of teachers. So I want you all to look forward to that. And um, so what would be great is if you all could go do, a, do two things. One is go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and sign up to the email list because we have some wonderful offerings coming up that we'd love to have you aware of when they happen. And uh, that is, there's a, a very, very rich smartphone app, which will be for both uh, iOS, which is Apple and Android users. And uh, you're going to be able to get push notifications just to help wake us all up in the middle of our day. You can program, you'll be able to program meditations and chimes and gongs and uh, we're going to have cute little things like Ramdas repeating over and over, be here now, be here now, just to help us wake up during the day. So that plus uh, all sorts of wisdom articles. We're going to have what's called an Awakened Heart blog with incredible articles. Uh, of course, uh, many of the videos that we're now starting to put up on our YouTube channel will be accessible through the, through the app. What else? Life in Balance, which is a course that I have been working on with others of us for quite some time. And it's excerpts taken out from the different podcasts that we've done with uh, through a lot of them through mind rolling. And they are exceptional because they're so in, in a they're, they're just loosey goosey chat mode, not pedantic teacher mode. Not that any of these teachers are that, but uh, so. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and 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 I'll be getting into more of what uh, description of the course. I mean, that's going to come up probably in the early fall. We're we're just finishing it now. And this, so there's two actions. One is to sign up at the email list, and the other is, of course, support is needed to continue, and we do what we can to make sure that when that support, some of it goes towards the teachers to help support what they're doing and maybe help keep them off the road a little bit because the road is tough traveling and all that. So this is a callback to uh, what I used to do on mind rolling. And that is, please, go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and you'll see the Amazon uh, portal on the menu, the link. And you can just copy and paste that link and I said something wrong last time. I said into your browser, not into your browser, into your bookmark menu. And once you have it there, and anytime you want to buy something from Amazon, you just go, it's an easy click. And then the network gets a small percentage of whatever it is that you purchase. And, and that really goes a long way to helping support what we're doing. So uh, appreciate uh, that action. Those two actions are key. There's a third one. You can just go to the donate button and just uh, give a one-time, a, a small recurring donation would also be really helpful. Okay, uh, say no more. I know there are many of you out there that uh, get a little bit perturbed when we go on a little bit about support. So um, I want to, you know, keep it brief, uh, but it is necessary for us to be able to continue to offer everything uh, for free. So uh, onward to, so now, this podcast with Ramdas, uh, it's, you're going to get in this, his, I really pushed him to really tell us how did Be Here Now come about? that incredible aphorism that is so identified with him. How did it come about? What were you thinking when it happened? What was your environment? He was in India when it happened. So we talk about that. And the rest of it is around trust, contentment, 
and the guru. And I was going to say earlier, you know, doing these podcasts with Ram Das, uh, when I get the chance, which is not often, he's extraordinarily busy and only has so much bandwidth. But he, uh, fortunately, this just uh, just happened within the last couple of weeks, and we're 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 just getting it out now. And and I said, I thought that it 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 is a delight, which I said before. It's a delight because suddenly. You know, forget the podcast and the the quote unquote business of putting this stuff out and everything that we have to do. The opportunity for me to just be here with him, and it was on Skype, and how much presence he has. Just sit on Skype. It's just like sitting in front of him physically. I mean, that's the beauty of digital media these days, a, a digital connection rather. And I, and and the one thing that struck me is I remember uh, in the podcast when we were doing it, video cast. I said to him, you know, because we were talking about trust. I said the first second I met you, and I, I tell the story a little bit about how I met him through the radio station that I was the program director of, and I went and found him at a house to bring him to go do an interview. And the first moment I saw him, I had never met a person who was so present. It seemed as if there was nobody in the world but me that he gave a shit about. Okay? And that sitting there, uh, I met him in the door. I'll never forget it. When he opened the door, there was nobody else there where he was staying. And... That same thing was present all these years later, just in this Skype thing that I that I did with him. So uh, it was pretty amazing, full circle. So here we go. This is Ramdas here and now, and I don't know what I want to call it, but I think I want to call it trust, contentment, and the Guru, who we talked about as well. So thanks for hanging out. Look forward to next time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stop for a moment and think about something that you really need to get off your chest. It could be frustration with your job or a coworker. It could be fear or uncertainty about the future. It could be a secret that you've been hiding for years. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Speaking with a therapist on a regular basis is also a great way to improve your communication skills, learn to resolve conflict, increase your self-awareness and self-esteem, develop positive coping strategies, build stronger relationships, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, plus switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Ramdas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramdas. Hi. Hi, everyone. Including you, Ramdas. Hi. Hi. So normally, this is uh, Ramdas Here and Now podcast, and normally everybody's used to me introducing a particular talk you might have given in the last decades that we take a a little piece of and then I talk about it a little bit from my own experience and then we uh, run the uh, talk that you did. Today we have a very unusual episode in which we are going, we are live from Maui and Asheville, North Carolina. So um, now I'm happy to hang out and do this. This is always such fun and full of usually a lot of grace. 
So wait, but first I need to introduce one of the reasons why this is happening. Uh, and that is because we're starting a new network to host all of the podcasts of your friends and my friends uh, for all of these decades. So it's it's a beautiful uh, new um, initiative from Love Server Member Foundation. And uh, again, BeHereNowNetwork.com. If you're listening to this, you've probably gone there, or you can actually subscribe through iTunes. And we look forward to a lot of great uh, offerings in the future through this network. Okay, that's the, uh, that's the roundup of what's going on. And, uh, and interestingly enough, of course, be here now. I just mentioned to you, geez, all these years since it's come out, you know, in 19, well, I mean, the initial, uh, the initial Be Here Now, before it was a softbound publication, came out in, God, 6970, something like that, after you did it at Lama, and they bound up all of the brown pages, and also, it's uh, many, many, many decades later, and people are still discovering it, and a whole whole new generations are coming into it. So, um, I, you know, I know the story, and many people know the story from "Be Here Now" of the genesis of that aphorism. But what are we talking about? You you're you're in the car traveling with Bhagavan Das. Okay, I just want to get back at the the reality of how this thing came about. Um, yeah, just think back a little bit and just give me this scene. You're traveling in the car. What are you going through that prompted this? We were barefoot uh, going from Buddhist temple from and Buddhist temple. We were begging and begging Literally, it's uh, uh, yes, begging for food and and food, and I had my traveler's checks in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) And and uh, we would talk, but we talked along the road and I would tell him about uh, goings on at, at with Timothy Tim Leary or I'd go to to the railroad or any uh, my my past and he'd say, look, just look at this flower. You, you, should, you should be here now. Literally, he said that. You should just be here now. He never said it, I think. I interpreted it at be here now. Oh, really? Yeah. Come on, he'd say, come on back here. Oh. Come on back to the moment. Look at the flower, be with the flower, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that stuck in your head through all that time and all the way through meeting Maharaji, coming back to America and then giving talks about Maharaji, which he told you not to mention him, and that's, of course, all you ever did for those couple of years after. And uh, and eventually, I, that just stuck, right? Be here now. That's yeah. stuck. And, um, and, you know, so I, I wanted to talk about trust, okay? the way that trust is like a formative stage for people 
and and I just since we're all growing older, you know, you probably know my story because we've known each other for since that time. But I heard about you at a radio, and so do people who listen to this podcast, by the way. I heard about you because somebody wanted me to promote you on a radio station, and I had no idea who Ramdas was. Okay? So they said, as a reference, well, you know Tim Leary and Richard Alpert. And then I went, right, yeah, I know them. I had trust because I had done acid. And they had, and th through the trust I had with Leary and Alpert and the psychedelic experience, I became open because of that trust, right? So the next thing I said was, okay, well, send me a lecture, Ramdas. You must have done a lecture you have on tape. Send it over to me. And they sent it to the radio station. And I went in and listened to it. And of course, you told the story of meeting Maharaji, the story how he, and by the way, you and I have a discrepancy. Whenever you tell this story, you talk about Maharaji reading your mind. And I, how many times have I said, no, he wasn't reading your mind. He was clairvoyant. He knew this isn't something in the moment that you sat down in front of him on that hill by Bumiadar when you first met him. You weren't thinking about being with your mother the night before. Reading mind happens in the moment. This is my experience, right? So hi, everybody out there. We have this thing, Ramdas and I. <laughs> always about this and uh so basically his knowing that when you trans when you talked about that and told that story and i heard it in that little studio in that radio station i had a deep trust oh shit this guy is i believe him and it was not just because of the tone of voice and what was behind it. It was the rest of what you told, which was the honesty about where you were at in terms of before you met him, after you met him, the stuff you went through. So it became, okay, I can, that, it's okay. I can, I can be where I'm at. I don't have to be guilty and ashamed about the shit that goes on in my head, right? More trust. Next day, not even the next day, that day, I went out in Montreal, I found out where you were, and I went over, and the people you were staying with, everybody had gone, there was just you, you opened the door, and there's no way on earth you'll ever remember this, and certainly not the way that I remember it, right, because you met a million people in the same way, but you opened the door, and you looked at me exactly how you're looking at me right now and just completely being in the moment and I had not been completely in the moment with anyone in my life right until that uh, moment uh. and and it, you know it wasn't like I had I was suddenly in had this Sartori experience, nothing like that. It was just present. The The power of that present, the power of now, as Eckhart Tolle says, was incredible. Yeah. And then ensued, I brought you to the station and interviewed you and, and then went to the talks. And then, you know, our radio station then became a loudspeaker for Ramdas uh, lectures <laughs> at the time. But the uh -huh. point being... So I got that trust, right? And I got that trust, and then I bugged you amongst many people to to say, I, I have to meet this guru. I mean, you've got to, and of course, at, you were very guarded at the time about that. But, event, but you said you were going to India, and I followed you to India uh, not, you know, a month or so after in 1970, and wrote, and finally, I did meet Maharaji and that trust and that's all I had I had no faith 
I didn't know what faith was. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't have. It was a word that was a lousy shit word that had to do with Christian and Jewish religion, right? Faith. Uh, it, it meant nothing to me. I had trust. That meant everything to me. And I went, and then when I, when Maharaji came out those doors, and there he was, I completely realized what, well, first of all, I knew he, I knew, knew him forever before, like, you know, it wasn't even a mental thing. And I just, um, I thought, shit, that's what Ramdas was all about. So that trust then got transferred into something through what you talk about, that unconditional love, that transfer, that was the, 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 uh, the permutation from trust to faith. Now that trust is so powerful, and we talked about Be Here Now in, in the book, that new generations are finding that book, and it is opening up a door for them and, you know, we speak to a lot of people who come to retreats nowadays or come through podcasts and so on and emails. And there is that basic trust. So, first of all, can you recall your own trust? I mean, I trusted the first, you know, the first person I trusted was in this whole realm, Allen Ginsberg. Why? Allen Ginsberg said, pot is great. <laughs> It'll open up doors for you. And I I trusted, for some reason, I trusted Alan, you know, who I met later through you. Who and what was it that gave you the kind of trust that opened up doors inside yourself? Psychedelic. 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 Psilocybin, the... The active active ingredient from the mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, that showed me that there was that, that there was more to life than I was I was living. Right. And I was I, I was going towards that, and I was uh, I went to India because I sensed that the people from the east could tell me something about planes of consciousness, mm. and then. I found Maharaj. Right. Ultimate trust. Yeah. But even before... Yeah, sorry. I, then, because of that love, that telling me, telling me, uh, telling me about my mother, mm. And you were right. Look how then he he talked about my mother, and he my mother who was in Boston, and he said he said she was sick, and then he said he said spleen. spleen. Spleen, which was the organ that my mother died from. Yeah. And then he said, big in the belly before she died. And she, because she was so freaked by big in the belly, she was thinking people would think she was pregnant. Oh, thank God. So. Mm. Yeah. And so this, this, this power, this siddhi that Maharaji used, on, and in this particular case around your mother, solidified, of course, everything 
you had been looking for solidified the trust and and between that and the and the unconditional love which happened as you said if he knew that he knew all the other bullshit that was going on in my head and he still loved me unconditionally so in effect yeah. that solidified the uh, the trust and it was converted to faith immediately i mean that's my experience your experience and many of us who, who went there you would would you look back though and also think that tim leary what you did you had a certain trust with tim i mean he introduced yeah. you to mushrooms right so yeah. you had a certain trust with him the way that i had a trust maybe with alan Ginsburg, although I hadn't met him at, the, at that time, just hearing him. Well, my trust for Tim, he was, he was 10 years older than I was. And he was a better psychologist than I was. <laughs> really? And But he he was of all the faculty members at Harvard that I knew. He was the only one whose consciousness had not he was not pre, preempted by Harvard. Mm. I mean, they were. I'm a Harvard professor, yeah, and and he didn't care. He didn't. He didn't even care. Mm. And uh, that was that was breath of fresh air. Mm. And that was like the Allen Ginsberg. Yeah, right. They he didn't care. Right. And he came back from. Uh, Mexico, and he came back with this story about crazy Juana taking the mushrooms. Mm. And because he was such, uh, I had trust in him. Mm. I had, yeah, yeah. So taking this to the, to the, thinking about now all of these people over the decades that have read be here now or miracle of love or any other book and they've gotten from you a sense of trust that there is as you went to india trusting your experience with the psychedelics that there was a different reality another reality and other planes of consciousness, people trust what you are saying through these books, through these talks that they get now through ramdas.org, whatever it may be. And then it becomes a question, and here's the, the next uh, question I have, of, of that converting into a faith and what that faith is. You have talked about faith before. You, you know, you actually talked about how political people, especially in this country, talk about faith in God. And I have the faith in God that I'm, you know, pushing the button to wipe out a bunch of people and God has given me this faith. I have the faith in God that I should be president. I don't know if Trump is saying that these days, but he might as well, maybe it was Cruz that was going to do that and Trump isn't doing that. I don't know. But you've talked about people people in the world using their quote-unquote faith in God as a definition for their acts that they do and how that has nothing to do with, with true faith. Um, and you've said um, that Maharaji showered, this is a quote from you, Maharaji showered me with grace which I experienced because of my faith. So there's a there's a, a large link between faith and grace. And I, 
and I think that again, going back to all of these people who have begun with this trust, which I, which we just talked about in both of our experience, you had trust in Tim and 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 took the mushrooms. I had trust in you, and uh, that led me to Maharaji. And these people have trust through reading Be Here Now or any of these other books. I'm looking for a bridge and 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 just looking at, at some of the things you've said in the past, that intuition seems to be a doorway to faith. Can you talk a little bit about how people, once they have a certain amount of trust, can then turn to their own intuition? Can you talk about intuition? Well, I, I was a social scientist. I believed everything my senses told me was true. And that's all. That's all. The intuition and imagination and other realms of consciousness, they're not proven. That's yeah, not right. proven. Right. But I was in that box. Hmm. And then my intuition and my imagination, I looked out at these, these realms of consciousness, which was in me and out there. And I trusted myself that, that these far out, either in my imagination or well, realms of consciousness or intuition, the new world, there was new world. And the world was big, big. Mm. And then I started to travel in these realms. At first, I watch out your 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 imagining things. Mm. Mm. Then, so what? <laughs> So what? So I'm going in my imagination. That's right there is the rule. Yeah. Imagine the, because you don't check in with senses. When I got so that I trusted my imagination, mm. trust. Trusted my imagination. Right. That's what the turnaround. Yeah. 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 And then just then I realms of consciousness like spiritual realms they were they were not my 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 imagination these things were beyond my imagination mm. yeah little bits of uh, going out going out going out uh, and that that's faith. Yeah. That's faith. Right. Beautiful. You once said, once I could hear the guru, my faith, which is a heart matter, just like belief is a mind matter. Yeah. That faith through, uh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. That faith through the unconditional love from my guru was what made my faith real, which is just, you just said that. You just said that, it, you know, it's, uh, so, um, I, I, another thing that comes up 
you know, often for people, especially when you and we all talk about Maharaji so much, you know, and we really, people start to think, well, it's nice. You've got a guru. What do I have? And how do I find it? You know? And, um, you, I want to read something that uh, is from your book, Journey of Awakening, a meditator's guidebook. It's from some time ago. Uh, it is available, and you can get it through ramdas.org, everybody. And this is on not finding your guru. I don't know if you remember writing this thing. Well, then it will be new for you, too. <laughs> Seeking one's guru is like going on a pilgrimage. It is a useful journey, but you don't have to take it to finish the path. There is a good possibility you will never meet your guru physically. But because you do not meet your guru does not mean you do not have one. Any person that reaches towards God, which this is such a key thing, I think, toward liberation, toward the spirit, is noticed, right? And I love the way that's said, is noticed. Anyone who reaches out is noticed. And a contact is made with the vehicle or form that will ultimately draw you home. You needn't know your guru. It is only necessary that your guru knows you. Only your need to maintain control compels you to try to know your guru. Your journey is one of purification, and you can proceed whether you know your guru or not. Don't worry about it. Your guru will become known to you if and when necessary. If the guru were to manifest too soon, you might get lost in an interpersonal devotion that would just be another trap for you. You must Wonderful. Yeah. You must trust. Here we go back to trust that the process is benevolent. When needed, the guru appears. It is a benign conspiracy. That's terrific, right. okay? <laughs> That's terrific. Benign. Yeah. Benign conspiracy. Yeah. First, in my always, always Maharaji in India. Yeah, the physical. And then, in my imagination, he's with me all, all my like a, a companion mm. Mm. and then he came now in me mm. in me when people say i have i don't have a guru i say look within because the it's part of the at, uh, Atman in the Hinduism. The Atman, God, Guru, and Self. That everybody has the Atman in in their soul in their soul and then go inside and that's that's what we call intuition yeah perfect beautiful right on at the same time what you wrote those many years ago the fact is, it, it, when you say the guru does know you, and that individual guru with a certain form 
will manifest itself to you when it is necessary. You know, and, and in this thing you say, you know, if it were too soon, you could get lost in an interpersonal devotion. Can we not think of many, many people who were with us, with Maharaji? I count myself amongst them who got lost in an interpersonal devotion. And when he left, we were absolutely devastated. Now, thanks to everything we've been talking about, intuition and imagination and being not afraid to, uh, to be carried into other realms of consciousness, other planes of consciousness, as Lama Suryadas calls Maharaji, the big Maharaji has fortunately appeared to us, which is not that body that we were so very much attached to in India. So, um, yeah, I think that's an important, important as well. Um, yeah, I, when Maharaji died, mm. I didn't die, I didn't cry or any of the things because I just, he was still here in, in, in this, these realms. Yeah. That is faith. Yeah. Now, when you called me, when he died on September 11th, 1973, I was at my father's famous farm in Abercorn and I answered the phone and you told me this. I did not have that going for me in that moment. Uh, I only had one other more devastating moment in my life. That was my son almost dying than that moment so but then picked myself up you know cleaned the mud off of me of falling in that pit of despair and then we all have to there's work there is practice that nobody should mistake that that's part of this part of the grace is that as well to find that intuition and connect with it within ourselves. So I want to mention that. Um, I got one other thing before we uh, leave here. Um, and uh, it's around contentment. We've talked about this a few years ago, actually. Um, that's a very difficult subject. Um, I do uh, myself a little uh, prayer every day uh, that includes May all beings be at ease with whatever comes their way in life. And that's quite difficult. And so I just want to get your comment. And here's Maharaji's thing about this, which you haven't heard in a while. The real contentment comes only when there is no desire, no hankering in your mind for anything. How can you say that you have got everything and do not want anything more when you are holding on, holding an empty vessel in your hand? You might be saying this with your mouth, but there would always be the worry in your mind about how that pot could be filled. Always looking from side to side with the expectation that somebody will come and fill it up. Well, how can you call this contentment? When one sees that when the pot before him is full to the brim, it is emptied. And when it is empty, it is refilled of its own. That is contentment. If anyone wanted to give him anything, he would show that the pot was full already. What would he do with anything more? Even if he wanted to share it with others, where would he put it? This is the real contentment. And it comes only through the grace of God. When you have full faith in him, full reliance on him, when you can surrender everything to him, then that grace comes to you by itself. You do not, you do not have to ask for it or make any effort. Such is the value of faith.
in God. Mm, yeah. And that pretty much is a neat kind of bow around everything we've been talking about, right? And yep. and when I, you know, I don't know, when I do that little prayer and and then the reality of when stuff happens to people, suffering happens on a day-to-day -day basis for people, some, some minor and some major, and your ability to be at ease through faith is a big, big deal, right? And uh... I, I'm, I'm content. I am content with my life. Or just uh, I'm content, and I never was content mm -hmm. because I was looking for something, mm -hmm. looking for crowds, looking for looking, looking. And then now I'm content. And this is interesting. Here I am with the, the stroke mm. and uh, the and and aging, bringing bringing aches and pains. And it's all part of the play of life. Mm. And I, I'm content. I'm content. Yeah. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What do you need to get off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, develop positive coping skills, and much more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Ramdas today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramdas.